Okay, let's, let's pray. Lord, thank you. Uh, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's holy. Lord, um, that your word is, is still a, a creative force. That it's not dead. It's not just history, though it's, it's accurate history. But it is still living and, and creative in what it does. So, Lord, as we, as we look at your holy word today, let it, let it create new life in us. Let it create new um, things in us. Lord, let it be a change agent for our hearts, for our lives. Lord, put your word in our mouths that as we speak it out as your holy and prophetic people, that it will change the world around us. Lord, let us look and act and have the same impact as you. Jesus, you changed the world in three and a half years. Lord, you can use us to do the same thing. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I was, I was reading a, um, <clears throat> a little article uh, there was a, a prayer group in Portland, and from what I could tell, they were out at a, uh, a park. Um, I don't know what kind of church it was, but they had a little sound system up, a little portable sound system, and they were in this park praying. <clears throat> and um, uh, how would I describe this, this group without telling the name? And another politically active group on the other side came up and actually started attacking them. Uh, using pepper spray, using, uh, I, I said, they heard they had a flashbang um, grenade. They were taking their sound system and unplugging it and dumping it into the lake. And, you know, um, here in the United States, very often it's very, very easy to be a Christian, probably too easy at some points. But we, things are getting much more divided. Um, there's getting to be a, a greater divide, uh, both religiously a division, politically there's division, the way uh, people act and think, there's just a lot of, it's not just a, a, a division that is, um, uh, you know, kind of fluid in the middle, but it's getting very, very polarized. And when you look at the book of Revelation, you are looking at a group that was very, very persecuted. You know, we have, we have like this thing that happened in the park in Portland. You think, well, that's persecution of Christians. Well, what they had in Revelation was a whole, whole lot more. Uh, the Christians were under persecution from, um, from the Jews um, who didn't like them. You know, they killed Jesus, right? And they, they persecuted the apostles. Um, initially, the Christians were thought of as a sect of the Jews, so they flew under the radar for quite a while in the Roman Empire. But pretty quickly, it was shown to the Roman Empire that, no, they weren't just a sect of the Jews, so they were getting persecuted by, their, by the Romans. So here you had a group of people that were persecuted from pretty much every side. They were um, denied, oftentimes, the ability to work, uh, the, the ability to provide for their own welfare, for their families. Um, and not only were they denied that, oftentimes, but they were... Um, oftentimes uh, uh, killed, persecuted. Um, uh, Nero 
was a, a terrible, terrible emperor who um, uh, he, he um, killed the Christians in as many ways as he could find possible. Let me just, without saying too much detail, he was very imaginative in how he would uh, persecute and kill Christians. And this was the time that this book was written, that the book of Revelation was sent to the different churches, was a, under a time of terrible, terrible persecution. And so when it was written and when it was sent, it was supposed to be an encouragement. Yes, sometimes a warning, but what, what uh, Jesus wanted to do, and, and through John, he wanted to give an encouragement to these people who were under this severe and tremendous persecution. To these Christians, in this, uh, specifically in the seven different churches, but really it was supposed to circulate. So all the Christians during this time that were um, under the persecution from, from the Jews, from the Romans, from you know, it seems like everything in life, and Jesus was saying to them, hang on. And as uh, some people have said, I've read the last chapter and we win. Right? Um, some people uh, uh, say that they're pan-millennialist. Have you ever heard that? You get a law pan out in the end. So look, I, the, it's an encouraging book. We've, I've read the last chapter and we win. And that's what John is encouraging. Through, you know, Jesus, through John, is encouraging these churches at this time. Hang on. It may be bad right now, but God's got this under control. So as, I, as we go through this, that's the message that I want us to, to get is hang on. We, we don't have it bad compared to what they did. Trust me. We got it really, really, really good. Really, really, really easy. But no matter what it looks like around us, God is in control. Jesus is the king. And he's going to bring it into a place of victory for him and for his church. So let's look at this again together. Uh, let me uh, read starting in verse 10 and verse, chapter 21. He carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. This is, um, yeah, John is being shown this in the spirit a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her brilliance was like a very costly stone, as a stone of crystal clear jasper. It had a great and high wall with twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels. Names were written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, three on the west, the wall of the city had twelve foundation stones, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The one who spoke with me had a gold measuring rod to measure the city, and its gates and its wall. The city is laid out as a square, its length is as great as its width, and measure the city with a rod. Um, it was twelve thousand stadia. Its width and height, length and width and height were equal. He measured its wall. Uh, 144 cubits. I'm sorry, I have to, to glance because it's different in my Bible and I wish I hadn't changed it. Um, which, uh, according to human measurements, which are also angelic measurements. But, by the way, um, this is, 
we, I, I like those numbers better because it actually speaks to the symbolic nature of this. But to give you an idea, um, it was 1,500 miles is what the, the stadia were. So 1,500 miles, it's length, width, and height. Okay? So it, this, is, this is symbolic. He, he's using the, the, um, the 12,000, right, because it's the 12 times 1,000. All right, which is both are being twelve. You have twelve tribes. Uh, twi- tri- <laughs> wow, twelve tribes of Israel, the twelve apostles of the Lamb, right? So, in the thousand is is, is kind of this infinite number. It's it's the it's the absolute completion, right? So, this city is representative of the the presence of God and a huge number, which is the present, the absoluteness of it. Okay, but fifteen thousand miles high, wide, linked. Okay, think about. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was said. Fifteen hundred miles. I'm sorry. Fifteen hundred miles. Uh, its wall seventy two yards. So the material of the wall was jasper. This is verse eighteen. The city was pure gold, like clear glass. Foundation stones of the city wall were adorned with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation stone was jasper, second sapphire, third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, seventh chrysolite, eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each one of the gates was a single pearl. The street of the, the city was pure gold like transparent glass. Some people say that this is, 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 looks like a crown, if you will. With with um, uh, different you know the the um, all around the crown you know jewels and pearls coming down. Um, I saw no temple in it for the Lord God the Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God has illumined it and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. In the daytime, for there will uh, be no night there, its gates will never be closed. They will bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. And nothing unclean and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. He showed me a river of, of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Remember um, the river in Ezekiel, right? Everybody remember that river in Ezekiel? that comes out from the throne and goes out and it starts as a trickle and it gets into be a huge river that can't be forded and everything that it hits turns into life. Right? You guys remember that? I hope so. All right. Uh, surely you remember this song. The river of God is at your feet of dancing. Right? All right. We'll sing that sometime. <laughs> In the middle of it, okay, so uh, coming out from the throne of God and the Lamb in the middle of its street. On either side of the river was what? The tree of life. The tree of life. Which is, you remember that from where? Garden the Garden of Eden, right? Remember last week I was, I was saying that the whole idea is this is the Garden of Eden has now been brought into the world. Because the whole idea from the garden was for, the, for Adam and Eve to expand the life of the garden out into the world, right? To bring the garden concept out. It was, it was in the temple, uh, the tabernacle first, in the temple of Solomon, 
and eventually this is the idea is it is expanded out so all the nations are coming in. You've got this tree of life, and this is in the um, uh, Ezekiel picture as well. Uh, the tree of life is is on either side. It's it's um, bearing fruit twelve times a year, um, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any curse in the throne of God, and the Lamb will be in it, and His bond servants will serve Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. There will no longer be any night, and they will not have any need of the light of a lamp, nor the light of, of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine them, and they will reign forever and ever. Your kingdom shall reign over all the earth. Right? So this is a picture. I, I'm, I'm going to try not to get into too much detail today. We can maybe sometime we'll get into a lot more detail. But this is a picture of the church. It's really a picture of the church. If you look in the book of so much of this is out of Isaiah and Ezekiel. Um, let me just show you a couple of things out of Isaiah. We won't spend a lot of time there. If you want to keep your finger in Revelation, okay, and flip to Isaiah. Um, it's kind of sort of towards the middle, uh, just on the other side of Jeremiah. Uh, go to Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54, uh, starting in verse 11. You'll, you'll recognize this chapter when I get towards the end of it. O afflicted one, storm-tossed and not comforted, behold, I will set your stones in antimony. Your foundations I will lay in sapphires. Moreover, moreover, I will make your battlements of rubies and your gates of crystal, your entire wall of precious stones. Does that sound like what we just read? All your sons will be taught of the Lord, and the well-being of your sons will be great. In righteousness you will be established. You will be far from oppression, for you will not fear, and from terror, for it will not come near you. If anyone fiercely assails you, it will not be from me. Whoever assails you will fall because of you. Behold, I myself have created the smith who blows the fire of coals and brings out a weapon for its work, and I have created the, the, the destroyer to ruin no weapon that is formed against you will prosper, and every tongue that accuses you in judgment you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. Who, who in here are the servants of the Lord? Amen? Come on. All right. The servants of the Lord, a lot of times, when you look through the Old Testament, is the, the prophets are referred to as the servants of the Lord in Revelation. It comes up, again, the servants of the Lord because we are a prophetic people. Okay, this is who we are. Um, while, you're, while you're there in Isaiah, you know, let's, just, let's just hit both of these passages real quickly. I want you to, I want you to see this and, and see that this, virtually the entire book of Revelation is our quotations from the Old Testament. Almost the entire thing. Um, Isaiah 60. Isaiah 60, just a couple pages over. Verse 1, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. I believe that's a reference to the resurrection of Jesus. 
For behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Uh, verse 19. No longer will you have the sun for light by day, nor the brightness will be moon. Uh, give, will the moon give you light, but you will have the Lord for an everlasting light and your God for your glory. Your sun will no longer set, nor will your moon wane, for you will have the Lord for an everlasting light, and the days of your mourning will be over. Your people will be righteous. They will possess the land forever. The branch of my planting, the work of my hands that I may be glorified. And look at uh, 61, next chapter over, verse 10. I will, re I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exult in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. Oh, have we been clothed with garments of salvation? Right, what does that look like? He has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, as a bride adorns herself with jewels. So the, the picture here is, is of the, the church. And the, the whole idea is you've got this, this city that is, this, the, the, is a cube, right? And we talked about this last week. And the city is a cube, which is representative of the Holy of Holies. That's why you, um, you have here where it, it says that um, there's no temple in it. Because the presence of God dwells there. There doesn't need to be a temple because the whole city is a temple. The city is a temple and the temple is a city. And it's made up of living stones. Right? This is what, this is what Paul says. Right? I hope I'm not just breezing over. Just, just try to absorb. Okay, we'll get to this here. It's made up of living stones. Ephesians chapter 2. Who we are living stones made into that city of God. And we are containers for his presence. We are containers for the presence of the Most High God. Wait, let me say that again. Okay, I, I want this to sink in. Okay, The God that created the entire universe, the God that spoke and, and the sun, the moon, and the stars just went boom, popped, and appeared. The God that that um, created uh, all life on planet Earth. That God, he wants, he wants, and, and is, he lives inside of us. Try to get that. The hugeness of, of the almighty God, he wanted to live within us so much that he sent his son. So individually we are temples of the, of the most high God. But as we are together and as we are built, we are all one large, huge temple city. You know, remember Jesus said, a city on a hill? That's what this concept is. By the way, Ezekiel um, has him measuring out the, the new temple. But these, these measurements are, are greater because I, and the reason I believe that is is because it's always expanding. The kingdom of God is always expanding. It's always going forward. It's not retreating, which is a good thing. Amen. 
Amen? You know, Jesus said it's like a mustard seed. Right? When you plant the mustard seed in the ground, it starts out as the smallest of seeds, but it gets into be the largest of, of, of garden plants. Right? That's the kingdom of God. It started off with one seed. They got planted in the ground. And that seed rose again. And that kingdom is ever expanding. So, let me do this. Let me... Um, we're going to hit a couple of other, other things. Let me... Um, I'm going to skip that. It's really good. I'll have to read it later. But I'm going to skip it. Um, when God shows up, everything changes. When God shows up, everything changes. We are the we are the temple of God. So individually and corporately, when God shows up, everything changes. Now, what, it, what does this mean uh, individually for us? Num- number one, as I was just saying, we are uh, containers of the Most High God. Wherever we go, we're representatives of Him because He lives within us. So what, it, what does that mean practically? It means um, we, we need to live a righteous and holy life because we, we are representing Him e- everywhere. Not that... That's what, not that the righteous and holy life makes us those containers. That's who we are. But we need to represent him everywhere we go. It also means that you know, we have his life within us. There's nothing that we should need to fear. There's, no, there's nothing that, um, that can come against us. You know, we just read the, uh, the part of Isaiah that says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. All this who rise up against you in judgment, you'll condemn them. Right? Condemn the, that's actually talking about the tongue there right so we are containers of the most high god and we should live accordingly boy and i know for me i I, i've got to get this in my heart i've got it up here okay i know this but when i actually get it into my heart that everywhere i go i'm taking the lord with me this great huge amazing god I'm taking with me. What is there to fear? What is there that, that can't be changed? What could ever come against us if we have the God of all the universe within us and he loves us immensely? What, what is there that, that can ever stop us, stop the church from expanding? You know, secondly, um, being the this picture of the church, being the the city, it, we are beautifully adorned. We are beautifully adorned. You know, we, we read um, all the uh, the picture of the precious stones. We we are adorned with with these beautiful precious stones, with with the pearls and with the all the the gold. I mean. If you, if you remember Solomon's temple, Solomon's temple was overlaid with gold. If you read about the construction of it, the, 
um, the nails were gold. Gold nails. A thing that you're going to put into the wood and hide were made of gold. I don't know about you, but we try to get nails or screws that, that will work and work well, but it doesn't matter what they look like. Because they're just going in and they're holding the wood together. It, but, it, but they had golden nails. And we are so much more precious than Solomon's temple. And God has adorned us with these precious jewels. But how do we think of ourselves? Do we think of ourselves that way? You know, I, we, there, there's a phrase that, that has popped up. You know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Well, that's true, but not really anymore because once you've been saved by grace, God's adorned you with beautiful jewels. That's right, you're a saint now. Amen. We have taken off the, the, the filthy garments of our old works and we have put on beautiful robes where the things that he declares of us are our glory and hope and joy and peace all the goodness and all the righteousness of Jesus everything that is good in this world and beautiful he says that is who you are we gotta quit the stinking thinking We got, you know, a lot of times you know, we get these things in our head that, that makes us think, well, I will never achieve this. I'll, I'll never get to that point. Why? We've got the God of all the universe inside of us, and he has clothed us with awesomeness. A lot of times people go through things you know, in life, whether that's as a child or as an adult, and, and they, they, have, they have been told these terrible things about themselves. Kids are really, I, you know, I know when I was in, um, you know, grade school, elementary school, and, and junior high, boy, kids say the terrible, most terrible things to you. And if I believed those things about myself, I would just, <laughs> I wouldn't be here today. But, you know, a lot of times we can internalize those things. You're awful, you're worthless, you're ugly, you're stupid. You'll never be enough. You'll, you'll never learn this. You'll never, you'll never reach this goal. You'll, you'll, never, you'll never be good enough. You'll never be good enough for that person. You'll never be good enough for this job. You'll never be good enough for, for this area of life. You'll, you'll never be able to make it. And people speak those things. But, but what God is saying is I have clothed you with all the goodness and all the glory and all the riches and all the jewels. You are beautiful in God's eyes. What does it matter what anyone else thinks? His opinion is the one that matters. And he says, you are immeasurably valuable. You are immeasurably beautiful. You are immeasurably worthy and full of worth. And if God is saying that of you, which one of you are going to tell him he's wrong? 
And some of us, we need to hear that even on a daily basis, right? Because a lot of times our heart says, I just don't know. But this is what he's saying to us. We also have a worldwide mission. Um, verse 24. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. 26. They will bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. Uh, then you have the river of life in, in 22. Um, Verse 2, it says, The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. You know, don't, don't postpone this. You can't postpone this to some perfect millennial reign, or else the nations wouldn't need healing. Right? If everything else is gone, come on. Why would the, na- why would the nations need healing? Right? And... In, in, so it's our job to take from that tree of life and to heal the nations. By the way, you don't have to go back there. I'm going to show um, Isaiah chapter 2. says the exact same thing. 2.2 um, two. It will come about in the last days. The mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains. It will be raised above the hills and all the nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us concerning his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For the law will go forth from Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Say the same thing? Right? The nations will stream to it. Why? Because the presence of God is there. They will come in. They will bring their wealth into it, into the church. We have a worldwide mission. Now, that worldwide mission starts with us. Right? It starts at home. It starts in our jobs. It starts in in our schools. It starts in those those places where we um, have contact with. When you walk down the street every day or when you, uh, you know, in the um, well-minute camp meeting, you know, in, in your jobs, in, in the town hall, in the library, in, in Willimantic, when you're walking up and down the street, the people that you, you come in contact with at, at uh, events and, and different, it starts with us and it starts with that, but when they see the presence of God in you, they're going to start to say, I want what you've got. And it's at that point that we have to have those words ready to say, you want it? Let me show you how. Right? We, we've got to be ready because it's a worldwide mission. Sometimes we just don't think big enough. God is on a mission for the whole world. <laughs> Ephesians, Ephesians 4 says he, was, he ascended that he might fill all things, right? He, his mission is for the world. Sometimes we have a hard time thinking, you know, we're going to just be able to, to, you know, fill a little building. He's thinking, you know, I want to fill everything. It's a worldwide mission, but it starts with us. It starts with us, each one of us being, being a container 
for his presence and, and emptying ourselves out of all the other stuff. Right? Come on. Who, who, has, who has cobwebs in their container? Okay. Let's let's clear let's let's clear it out. You know, let's let's get the soap out, scrub it out really well. Okay, it's okay. Lord, come and fill. It starts with us being containers of His presence. Now, let me boil this down really quickly. This is something that I can't do for you. Okay, but I'm gonna hope. I'm hoping that one of these things that I've just spoken will will give you a jumping off point. You see, I started this and said this is this book of Revelation is an encouragement. And last week I read um, the first verse, the revelation of Jesus Christ shown to his bond servant John, right? The revelation of Jesus. And as as in in Genesis it was the revelation of man and his other half. Right? Eve. Okay? God created man, male and female, he created them. Right? Everybody remember that verse? Same way in the book of Revelation. Okay, the son of man was not created, but he is the second Adam. And he's got a bride. Now, what's been my experience is most everything that we encounter in life internally. There's a lot of internal stuff that goes on in our hearts. There's hurt, there's pain, there's addiction, there are um, you know, things that we just have a hard time dealing with. Whether that is, it, it can be fear, anxiety, you know, all, those, all those things that, that the world can throw at you and the, the, um, all the demons of hell can throw at you that we have to internally process. And they can discourage us. They can keep us from going forward and they can keep us from fulfilling the full destiny of God. That's the purpose, is to hold you back from fulfilling everything that God has for you. And the encouragement is, I believe, out of this book is twofold. You need a revelation of Jesus and a revelation of who you are. A revelation of Jesus and a revelation of who you are to him. Say that again. A revelation of Jesus, who he is, and a revelation of who you are in his eyes. And it's been my experience, and I've, e- e- even with me, there's been times in my life I've been, been dealing with, with stuff. Some of it, you know, physical things, and some, a lot, some things internally. And um, when, when Jesus shows up, and things change. What, what do I mean by that when Jesus shows up? I'll, I'll be praying, and I'll just get this, either this feeling, that, that, or, or I'll see in my, my spirit, Jesus walk into the room. Or I'll get the feeling that he's just, his presence is there with me. And all of a sudden, those things that I've been struggling with, whatever they may be, is at that point that they change. The revelation of Jesus Christ at his presence. You know, there's other things that 
we need a picture of who we are. Because we can, we can get rid of a lot of the junk and Jesus will do that for you. you. He'll show up and a lot of this stuff will get rid of. But a lot of times he needs to show us who we are because that further that, that will either help get rid of the junk or it will give us a picture of what we need to do. And, be, and when he shows you this is who you are and this is what I've made you to do, he's also saying I have empowered you to do this. That's good. This is who you are, and this is what I have empowered you to do by my spirit. And a lot of times, well, we need it. We need to know that. There, if it gives us that sense of purpose and that sense of I'm going to press on, I'm going to get through this, I'm going to get on the other side, I'm going to accomplish this for the kingdom of God. As I said, the book of Revelation was an encouragement for people who were going through a really, really hard time. It was the revelation of Jesus Christ, who he is, and the revelation of his bride, who we are. I would encourage you today, um, and then Joe, if, if you would here in just a moment, um, that I'm gonna, I'd like to sing that last song, or like if you play through it. I want to encourage you today Seek after those things. I can't give it to you. It's not something I can do for you. But I can tell you that if you'll do it, it'll change your life. Amen. I, can't, I can't give you this. It's not something I can give, but I can give you a direction. And I can tell you from my own life, those are things that I seek after myself. And those are the things that I have experienced that that um, in some of the hardest times I, I've seen Jesus walk into the room, not with my physical eyes, but with my heart. I've seen him walk in, and I know that I know that I know. And in that moment, things change. And in those times that, that I question, I say, oh, Lord, I, I don't know where you're having me to go. I don't know what you're having me to do. You know, I'm, ha I'm having a spiritual identity crisis. Please don't tell me I'm the only one up here. <laughs> okay? He'll speak to you and say, this is who you are to me. Yes. Yes. And when he says, this is who you are to me, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Right. It doesn't matter what anyone else has to say. It doesn't matter what your coworkers say. It doesn't matter what your family says. It doesn't matter who has said anything else in your life. Jesus has spoken over you. This is who you are. So I want us to spend just a few moments. I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you, you may or may not get anything right now because sometimes it takes time. It takes time. You spend time in prayer and you spend time just seeking the Lord. You spend time just listening and waiting on Him. But I, I, I tell you, He'll show up. and He'll do these things for you. It might not be today, it might be tomorrow, it might be in a week, it might be in a two weeks. What, what he does a lot of times is in that time, he grows you and he, he matures you and he, he starts to work in you and then eventually he'll show up and things begin to change. Whatever it is in your heart, the addiction, it drops off. The, the hurt, it drops off. The pain, you, you all of a sudden can let go. The, 
the the anger or whatever from your you're holding on for it, it'll it'll go poof and disappear and you don't have any idea how it's happened. But it comes at the revelation of who he is and who you are to him. So I'd like to spend just a few minutes in prayer. And like I said, you may not get anything right now. Hopefully you will. If you don't, it's okay. I want you to keep on pressing. Keep on just waiting on him because he will show up in your life. But I'm going to pray this over you and ask if he would come. And, um, and then, Joe, after I pray, if you'll just uh, sing that over us, if you would, please. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I am speaking over this wonderful group of people who you love so much. And I'm asking that you would come and that you would reveal yourself to each one of these. Lord, a special and specific revelation of who you are to each person here. Lord, I don't know what they have been through. I don't know what they're going through. Maybe they're on a high and they, they need you to just come and rejoice with them. Or maybe they are in the, uh, the deepest part of, uh, of the recesses of a pit and they need to be pulled out. But Lord, I ask that you would come and that you would reveal yourself to each one that's here in a very, very special and particular way. Lord, I'm going to go on and ask for more and, and ask that you would not only reveal yourself, but you would reveal to each one here who they are in you. Lord, whatever that, that, that they need, if they need direction in their life or if they need to just have a new vision of themselves, that they need to, to, to wipe off all the old rags and all the old junk that's been uh, just clinging to them for years and years, and you just need to give them a new picture or the, a new direction, a new vision. Lord, reveal to each person who they are in you. The beautiful bride. The jeweled crown the holy city wrapped in gold and jewels and, and beauty beyond measure. So Lord, I pray that you'll begin that process now. And in the next, in the next coming days, the coming weeks, that you will reveal to each person Give them a revelation. Lord, change us from the inside out and let us be full containers of your glory. Full containers of your glory. Fill us up. And Lord, just as the river of life came down, comes down from the throne of God, Lord, spill out of us. We don't want just drops. We want rivers to spill out and touch wherever we go. 
Lord, send us to nations. Send us to nations. In Jesus' name.